good afternoon. I am so excited to be here as your owner of Just Be LLC and to kick off this podcast season. I have an extra special guest with me today and her name is Autumn Keck. Autumn Keck is the owner and I guess the principal owner we'll call her of Scribe. And I just wanted to briefly tell you about Autumn Keck and the amazing things she's doing in her community. And I would say, you know, probably regionally, but she'll tell us more about that after we begin. Autumn Keck, Scribe founder. Her, again, her organization is called Scribe LSC. She's a Scribe founder and is a fundraising expert with over 20 years experience, specializing in grant writing, major gift, solicitation, and individual giving. So, Autumn, that that's your brief bio. If you could give us your elevator speech. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think I've said it in a while. So I would just say that I am a fundraising consultant um, specializing in all things grants. So we do grant readiness, grant um, research, um, strategy development, um, actually writing the grant, coaching, grant making, anything that you can think of um, revolving around your grant management plan. And I always like to say it's more than just writing. Awesome. I love it. Nicely said. Is this the first business you've ever launched? It is, and I, I really kind of fell into it. So like I said, I started contracting. I looked at myself like a, a contractor. Like I would have a client or two, and I would go in and write the grants for them. And then a shift really started to take place around 2019 as I started to really realize um, I had talked to peers in my industry. They're like, what you're doing is really more than grant writing. You're consulting, you're helping them with program development, you're helping them with strategy. And you're not, A, you're not charging enough. And B, you're not marketing yourself the right way. So I took a, um, a, a actually a consulting class, like how to build your consulting business. And I took that class and really worked on what my overall strategy was going to be. It started to really formalize. So Scribe, uh, excuse me, Scribe LLC was now, um, you know, registered as an LLC through um, through my state. Um, I started. I take, took headshots. I got my website off um, off the ground, and it was actually perfect timing because then we went into COVID. And having a grant writer or a consultant who wasn't in your office and didn't have to to be, that was now normal because everybody was out of the office. So my business just started to grow tremendously because um, it was kind of like divine timing. So I was like, I have a full-fledged business as opposed to kind of look at, looking at myself and marketing myself as like a contractor. That's awesome. And so something I heard that came out of that, you were preparing. And I know, you know, you and I joke about having children and just kind of being on the whim and having to do things without without thinking about it or that preparation. But for your business, you were preparing yourself. Kind of talk a little bit about that. Sure. I just, like I said, I just started to look at, look, just market myself and look at myself as different. Again, you kind of, I put myself in a certain silo, like I'm a grant writer. Like that's just what I do. I'm just doing this to kind of supplement um, my husband's income and make sure we still live a comfortable life where I don't have to work uh, full time. And then when I really realized like what the demand out there was um, for not only me, but just quality grant writers overall, that's when I really started to like expand and think about the business structure as it is today. So like I said, for myself, I work um, on my own for 10 years. And then the beginning of last year is when I started to take on other contractors to work with me. So it was just, I thought it would be me and the other person and we'd be working, you know, 20 to 30 hours each a week and it quickly just grew. So now 
fast forward, what, 15 months later, I have six grant writers on staff with me. I have a research assistant. I'm working with a marketing person. And it just all, I think the, the thing that has helped me is to really um, pour more into business um, education, professional education in terms of business, talking to other small business owners and then staying flexible and nimble to be able to meet the um, demand that's out there for my type of services. I love it. That is awesome. So we're here because, again, I shared with you, I think before we began, that I love to hear people's stories. And I'm just interested in, you know, how we get here and understanding you know, some of your past. So if you were to write your story, what part of your story would you begin? You know, it's interesting. I think I would, I think I would write my story at the point that I had started to have children. Because my whole mindset started to change in terms of what I wanted my professional career to look like. Um, how accessible um, did I want to be to my children um, and what my work-life balance was going to start um, looking like as well. And then what part, is there a specific event when you had children, like the actual, you know, process of, you know, having to give birth? Or was it a moment in which you saw them become, become a certain type of person? Like what event did, would you associate that story with? So I would say um, all growing up, um, even though I went to college and I, you know, had a career, um, I thought like I was going to be like this super stay at home mom. Like I was going to, um, you know, once I start having my kids, I was going to devote like all my time to them. I was going to be the soccer mom, the PTA mom. And within, I would say probably within eight months of having my first child, I'm like, I don't think this stay-at-home life is for me. Like, I realized that it had to be a, a more of a balance for me. Um, but I also um, didn't necessarily want to go back to working full-time. Um, so I tried that. Um, I tried that for two years. And really after a year, I'm like, this is not it um, for me. So when I got pregnant with my second child, I was trying to devise a way that I could stay home and supplement my income. And that's where uh, the formation Scribe LLC was essentially born in my mind. Um, and I start contracting and then it came to fruition. Nice. I was going to ask, you know, so how did we launch Scribe? And you actually answered that question. So we're going to switch gears just a little bit <laughs> and a little more personal. <laughs> like I said, I love to hear people's stories. So tell me, who believes in you the most? I mean, I think myself. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, we, you know, you got to start with, you really have to start with self. You really have to um, believe in your abilities um, and, and trust yourself, trust your judgment. And I think for myself, as I've grown older, I've, I've just gotten more in tune with like, okay, girl, you can do this. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know. Come sit at your table, make a plan and execute it. You can do it. So I feel like um, because I've had so many instances in my life where I'm like, I initially looked and was like, oh, this is going to be hard. But ultimately I got through it. Um, I think I believe in myself the most. And I, I value that about myself because um, if you don't have self-love and self-empowerment, then it doesn't matter what anybody else is telling you. That's a very powerful message, especially now for, you know, females, especially if you're a mom and a wife, yeah. or even if you're not a mom and a wife and there are times where you just get discouraged, you know, it's nice to have those people around you that will tell you they're believing in you, but checking in with self, you know, we talk about self-care and I think we really devalue or undervalue the importance of telling yourself, you know, 
who you are, who you want to be, and what's going to be important to keep you or sustain you, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, day-to-day life, working out, going to work, being a mom, sometimes it's something as simple as just kind of getting up and just saying, I believe in myself, so, you know. The, the, the ability to do that, you know, I think we undervalue or what it does for us. Let me say that. And so I'm grateful to hear you make that statement. You know, at first when you said it, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then it's like, yeah, that's exactly who it should be, right? And even if it's not that person, even if it's not you, the fact that there's somebody else is, you know, is definitely helpful. So thank you so much for being bold to say that. <laughs> Um, See, I didn't think that was a bold statement because no, well, I think because you know, let me qualify that. I think that we're sometimes scared to give ourselves that pat on the back, you know, or you know, don't think that we think that the things that we are come from somewhere or has to come from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I think that you know we won't hear a lot of people say that first. Um, and so I think that's why it feels kind of bold, like, ooh, you know, <laughs> and maybe for me, you know, I would have been thinking of someone else, you know, to put in that place other than myself. So thank you for making me feel that like, okay, <laughs> the answer will be somebody else other than myself. <laughs> I mean, will be myself other than someone else. Okay. Describe yourself in one word. Oh, uh, that's a good question. In one word, um, evolving. Evolving. Yes. Okay. So it took you a little while to come to that word. Why did you think, or what were you thinking about? What What one word would um, encapsulate all of me? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because as a woman you know you wear so many hats you wear the wife hat the mother hat the daughter hat yeah. um the parent hat like it's just you know and now a business owner friend um sister so you wear so many hats so i think people um you know have different relationships with you so they're able they're, they're all seeing different parts of you so i think evolving is um the best for me because as I've turned 40 and everybody everybody says it but you know you just you, you have to experience it to feel it it's like your priorities really come more um in line you, you um and you you're able to um you know a lot of the small stuff you're able to quickly determine what what the small stuff is and it could have been big 10 years ago it could have been big a year ago but um as you're evolving and kind of getting real clear on your journey and what type of legacy you'd like to um to leave um what type of impact that you want to make on the people that you love your community um you really are evolving to kind of really meet that goal because you know none of us know when we're going to meet our ends um we hope to be old and gray, but while we're here, um, no matter what the age, we want to be making an impact, especially on those we love, especially those that we, we bring into this world, but also our um, our impact can reverberate much bigger than that. Nice. So one of the things I, I love about talking to you is you are a person that pretty much is directing, keep it simple. Was there ever a time where you forgot to keep it simple and you had to remind yourself, go back to that, that concept? Sure. I think just younger, um, younger age, when I was younger, like in my twenties and even in my early thirties, I, you know, struggle, uh, well, you know, like what I wanted to do. 
you think people have it figured out because everybody around you looks like they have it figured out. But um, I think a lot of times I had to kind of reset myself and like, what is it I really want to do? What is it? Um, how, how do I want to live my life essentially? Because um, everybody around me had like regular jobs. Like, you know what I mean? In terms of like they had a nine to five, um, they were following this certain track and seeing like what their career. And I like had never stayed anywhere above two years. I d didn't really enjoy um, a lot of a lot of the work that I did, but it's like, you know, you're an adult, you go to school, um, you get a job that seems like the focus. But now um, I think that I've always kind of had to reset myself and just realize what is it exactly that you want? And what, what is gonna make you happy and what's your balance? And um, I've had to do that reset many times. <laughs> nice. And nicely done. <laughs> okay. What's the hardest decision you ever had to make and who did it affect? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, golly, they feel like they're all hard. Um, oh, gosh. I can't even think off the top of my head. I mean, everything seems so significant. I'm sure it was something with my kids involved because um, everything seems so significant for me because you 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 want to raise good children. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that they have all the opportunities that they have. Oh, I would say the hardest decision now I'm thinking about it was moving from Raleigh to Charlotte, which people wouldn't think would be a big deal because it's what, like less than three hours apart. Yeah. Um, still staying in the same state, but it was a huge jump. Um, my, my husband got, a, you know, got a promotion and he, um, you know, and we, we had to relocate the family there. So that was a really hard decision because in Raleigh, I had, you know, an established friend group. I had, um, you know, I had supports in place. So I was specifically to a place that I didn't really know that many people or know any close people. Um, you know, I love my home. I love just where we were situated in life. Um, I had clients, I had clients already. So now just thinking about, you know, how those client relationships were going to go, like almost starting all over. Um, so that was a hard decision. Ultimately, it was the right decision because it gave um, my husband a lot of um, new opportunities within his career. Um, and then it was the right decision for the family. Like my kids are thriving. I'm thriving obviously professionally, but it was still at the time, it was just like, oh gosh, like, you know, it, the, the right thing is to do is to go but um, I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like a major sacrifice. It did feel like a major sacrifice at the time because I was, you know, like I said, I had clients um, and my youngest two were only two. And we did, we didn't have a lot of family. I had my cousins there, but um, I just felt like I had a support because I was around people that I went to college with and it just was like comfortable and familiar. Um, and that was the plan. Like we were going to live there. We were going to live happily ever after and go on. And then we were presented with this other opportunity and it seemed like a no-brainer, um, you know, in terms of my husband's career, um, actually. But it definitely wasn't in terms of mine and just thinking about being alone with four kids. Yeah. Yes, that's a major thought. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you know, in sports, <clears throat> which you know people love to use those analogies to think about because I think it's something we can easily associate with right so if you were to think about you know who's in your starting lineup who's your starting five that is holding you accountable or saying that's great pumping you up who would be in that group and you don't have to name them but talk about who they are and how they're influencing you today sure well first of all 
Oh yeah. First and foremost would be my husband. Like he always has encouraged me to go for it. Even before I was, uh, you know, was even thinking about it. He's like, you could do so much more with this. And I'm like, but I have four kids. Like it's, yeah, it just seems overwhelming. That thought seemed overwhelming, but he always is like pumping me up. He'll talk about me to his colleagues. He'll talk about me to his friends. He's really always been extremely supportive. So I think without, you know, without that support, it would be hard for me to do what I do. Um, I think my mom is interesting because um, last year I was just like, I'm overwhelmed. Like I'm, I'm handling all the business infrastructure stuff. And I was like, who can I get to do um, handle like QuickBooks and my finances for me. My mom is a retired finance professional. And I initially I told her like, hey, can you do this? This will probably be like eight to 10 hours a month. But I had messed my books up so much. <laughs> she really, it really was a big project, you know, for three or four months to get the books back on track. And at the same time, she's learning QuickBooks because she hadn't worked in that, in that before. So um, I think um, that she she's learned QuickBooks to the point that she's like, oh, I can start doing this for other people. Nice. But she's always talking to, um, talking to me about, you know, about she's proud of my success and the things that I'm doing. So I do appreciate that. And then she's along for the ride. So it was great to have um, her, you know, witness me and, and my transition into a business owner and also for her to be able to contribute to that as well. Um, and then I think my friends, I have a lot of friends who I can say, oh, I got this big deal. I can celebrate with them and, um, you know, they can really aid me on. I have a few professional grant writer colleagues who are in the same field as me. And we really pump each other up as well, because what I've learned is it's enough work out there. It's more than enough work out there for all of us. So we talk about what our challenges are. We make it together like once a quarter. And we talk about what our challenges are as grant writers, what we're seeing from different nonprofit clients, um, how we're even charging our services, um, what makes sense um, on how we want to move forward. We just uh, brainstorm and really pick each other's brain without competition. And that's one thing that I can really um, appreciate because again, it's enough work out there for, for literally everybody. Um, I have um, a person here who also runs a small business who's not necessarily in a um, grant writing field, but I meet with him once a year. He's on my personal board, uh, personal board of directors, that's what he calls it. And um, he is able just to give me just straightforward advice. Like he, we talk about um, our goals, my goals or his goals. And we talk about how we um, can support each other. But because he knows, um, because he knows the the type of client that I'm working with and, and he can talk about what his success has been in the past and help point me in a different direction. And I think the last person or the last people would be overall kind of like nonprofit leaders. Anytime I just get to talk to them about what their needs are or kind of pick their brain, they give me more information. And because, you know, we're a small business, we're able to be flexible and nimble and kind of meet those needs. We can develop a service. So for instance, I had somebody reach out to me um, at the end of 2021 and they needed grant transition services, which is essentially where you come in where they're still gonna have a full-time person. Their full-time person might have left or somebody might be out on maternity leave. Um, and they needed a person, um, a grant writer or a grant consultant to fill that gap while they were doing their search process. I had never done that before. But because I had a relationship um, with that, with the person who worked in the organization, they're like, would you need to come in and do this for us? And I'm like, oh, sure. And now that's turned into a full-fledged service that we offer all the time and that's, that's really, one of our biggest money makers because we're able to come in for a short time and make a great impact on a lot of different organizations. I love that. That's awesome. 
what is your legacy and who do you want to write it? Oh, what is my legacy? Um, I think, again, it always kind of goes back. I think I read this quote. It's like, what is your biggest priority? That's what you should be spending 95% of your time on, essentially. Like, what, you know, trying to drive that priority that you're, um, and my biggest priority is my family. Like, always. So I think my legacy would be, um, and I hope my kids at some point will say she was a great mother. Um, she provided us with a great childhood. We have a lot of great memories, but she prepared us for adulthood um, and and love, just essentially like, you know, she provided us with a lot of love um, and care. We Like, we appreciate her as a mother. I think that that's what I would want my biggest legacy to be, you know, over anything else. Like, I, I want to have, obviously, continue to have a successful marriage and a successful career. But um, I think, you know, for me and my husband, it's like where we throw our time at, um, 95% of our time goes to our children, thinking about our children, ways to be better parents, ways to give them more opportunities, and um, how we want to um, set them up to be successful in the future. Okay, so what is your first or your best childhood memory? Oh, um, it's so many. I mean, I really had a, a great childhood, to be honest. Like, I grew up with my cousins, um, so I grew up around family. I think my favorite memories are always, it's two things. It's always Christmas and Memorial Day. Hmm. And Christmas would be because we would have this big family gathering over um my grandma's house, which now was like, now as I'm going to this teeny little like shotgun house, that's what they call them, because you can see from the front to the back as soon as you enter. And um, and she had um, eight kids, and most of the, their kids had kids. So so it was me, you know, my aunts and uncles, um, my grandparents, my cousins, and my brothers and sisters. And we were always kind of, um, you know, we always gather for Christmas no matter what. And my grandmother would make all these cookies and we would help her make cookies like weeks before the holiday. And, you know, she would let us have a little bit every day after school. So I always just enjoyed, you know, I didn't realize at the time of making these really significant grandmother, I mean, memories with my grandmother. Um, but that always was very dear to me. Um, and then Memorial Day was always a big day growing up because it was a parade. Everybody wanted to have their nice outfit for the parade. You wanted to have new sneakers. At the time, I remember getting like this, um, it was like this black and purple, like biker short set. And it was like 11 or 12. And then you would kind of just, we always talk about this, you would kind of just walk around the whole little town, follow the parade. Like my mom wouldn't know where I was like specifically. She knew I would be kind of like following the parade, but it's before cell phones. And we would just, it was so innocent. And then we would always end up, they would perform right in front of my um, aunt's house. So we would go on her steps and watch them perform. And it would just be like, oh, it was just such a, it was always a big day. Cause it was a day to, you know, um, see everybody in the whole, whole little town I grew up in. Nice. It's interesting, Memorial Day, you know, you chose two. Totally separate. Random topic. <laughs> It was very significant. Like yeah, no, that's cool. awesome. Your school, people went to a neighboring school, yeah. so Memorial Day. And just, again, from a very young age, you got to see this big parade. And, you know, people that you knew who were on the drill team and other people from other cities coming in. So it was just, it was a great time. No, I love that. So, okay, we know about the business. We know Scribe. We can go find this information 
on the internet. We can look at it on LinkedIn. What is your personal mission? My personal mission? I think it's just to, uh, well, it's a couple of things. It's to, to really provide my children with a really um, memorable and fun childhood, like to be able to do things. Like for us, uh, me growing up, I grew up in a single parent household. So for us to take a day trip to Atlantic City, I'm from Philly. So to take a day trip to Atlantic City was like, oh my gosh, like we got to go to Atlantic City. Or, you know, my mom, when I was 14, she got like a really, really great job. And then she was able to take us on trips. Like she took us to Disney World or she took us to King's Dominion. So I just want to be able to, A, you know, contribute to um, creating these really memorable family moments for myself and just living comfortably overall for my family. Set my kids up for like long-term success, you know, be able to help them do college, be able to help them maybe purchase their first home, be able to help um, with my wedding. Of course, my husband often says, that's way too much, but I still want to have, I want to be able to be in a position to really um, help my children get off their feet. Like they don't have to start back at square one. That's really important to me. Like, you know, they just start at J. They don't have to start at A. Um, and then really overall generational wealth, because here I've built up this business. Obviously, you know, if one of my kids decide, you know, when I retire, like they want to um, take it on, they'll be able to. But um, the investments that we're making in our um, family's financial portfolio can hopefully affect generations to come. And that's really important to me as well. Like I said, I don't want my kids to start at square A because, you know, so many others don't. <laughs> so I want my kids to really be set up for um, success long-term. My kids and my grandkids and hopefully my great-grandkids by some of the decisions that me and my husband are making right now. Love that. Okay, finish these statements. Mm -hmm. I am. I'm happy. My favorite song is? Oh, that's hard. Um... Can you stand around by new edition? My why is my why is my family. People think I am what I am really. I think people think that I'm probably more extroverted than I am, but I'm like more introverted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get really nervous when. Uh it's funny because I used to get extremely nervous when I had to publicly speak and it could be in any setting. And now I don't. So I would say that would be probably the thing that always comes to mind. Like I used to be extremely nervous, like clammy hands and the whole shebang, but now I'm not. Awesome. Well, you know, I share with you, this is a space that I really just wanted to give people opportunity to share their story. And I feel like I'm either next to a person or a person away from people with extraordinary stories and they're doing extraordinary things. And you are most definitely one of those people. I'm proud to know you and proud of the things that you're doing in your community and abroad. And I feel certain that your kids will feel great about the legacy that you're leaving behind. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate having you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I think um, I'm excited for you and this new path. I think you're doing amazing. And you know, you're like one of my favorite people. So thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs>